I left the city, I've been browsed. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer, the Dynasty Dad, and I have a trading problem. I'm Mung, and I also have a trading problem. Just a slight intro to our guy here, Dynasty Trade Addicts podcast host, runner of the, the DAP Network, commissioner of slew of trades and the Trade Addict Leagues, officially our first ever two-time guest. You guys might know him as the Dynasty Outhouse, Russ Fisher. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I am fantastic because you said nice things about me, so like I'm I'm set. Let's go, man. I tried to, unlike two weeks ago when I turned forty, and you and everybody else in the Twitter community said not so nice things about me. You know, dude, all I I kept it as positive as I could and just gave you the advice of just take it easy, man. Just because that's what you got to do. Yours you got to take it easy. You know, you kept you kept referencing the dude, which I liked. Yeah, there were people that called me the Frank Gore of fantasy. Some people, you know, at the end of the podcast, we always say, enjoy the process. And he would say, enjoy the process of getting old. People were calling me the dynasty grandpa, you know, those kind of things. Mung got me the worst, and I didn't want to get into that. So we'll, we'll keep moving there. But how have you been? I'm good, man. I mean, what are co-hosts for if they don't get you the worst? So, I mean, good on you, man. Good on you. You should have. Uh, but I'm fine. You know, just recording a lot because... I get bored very easily and this stuff is not boring. So <laughs> I just kind of find myself in front of a microphone all the time. Love it. And, you know, you were saying the people that razz me the most are my kids. Mung was talking about making some chicken nuggets after the, the podcast here. So he's like young enough to be my son. Mung, how you doing tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, to be honest, I didn't even know we were roasting you a couple weeks ago. I was just kind of calling it like I saw it. So, you know, I don't know about that, but uh Excited to dive into some dynasty trades. Of course, you guys know you can always tag us on Twitter. I'm at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. So let's get right to it. No, yeah, wait, 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 hold on. Before we do get right to it, I need to... So like two days ago, Mung follows me uh, on Twitter. And I, I'm like, oh, cool, man. Wait. And the little thing, like, do you want to follow back? I'm like, wait, how? What? And then I just realized you are up in my notifications a thousand times a day. I just assumed I followed you at this point. Yeah, same here. I, I feel like we just reply to a lot of the same trade threads, and yeah, you know, yeah, I, I, it literally caught me by surprise. I'm just like, oh, I don't follow. Okay, well, now I feel like a bit of a jerk. But like, seriously, like I see your face more than I see mine. Like you're like every time I scroll my <laughs> notifications, you're there at least five, six times. Well, yeah, I mean, just uh, just trying to get these good people their trade analysis and uh, answering some questions along the way. Yeah, and that's funny because that's actually how this podcast started is when we first when I had you on the first time, it was just the Dynasty Dad pod, right? We were talking, yep. we were vibing on some video games, you know, we were talking <laughs> about all kinds of stuff there. And uh, I think we were trying to get some uh, Super Mario football going. You know, we were talking. Oh, that's right. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Mung and, and John and I literally were answering everyone's trade questions. You know, yep. you're in, you're in most of them. They were asking us on an individual basis. And I'm like, why don't we all start doing this together? Like people want to hear what we're talking about when we're making those messages, let's just, you know, get it out there. So well, tonight's it's, uh, podcast, it's hard to make all those trades. We got to live vicariously through all your guys's trades. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a crazy thing. And Mung, by the way, we're going to have to restructure your contract with some of those jabs, but let's <laughs> jump, let's jump right into the trades. And today's it's all about dynasty trades, everything that's been put out there that you guys have sent in a couple that we have done. And just to give you guys an idea, because most of my rookie drafts, you know, I'm in 15 leagues. I have 13 of them done two this weekend. Uh, what about you guys? You guys kind of in the thick of things. How many more drafts are most of yours early, late? I think I'm kind of done at this point. I have a few that people purposely wait. I you're in 15 leagues. I run 15 leagues. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, I'm in leagues. I don't run. Uh, well, unfortunately is a wrong word, but for my time, that is absolutely unfortunately. Uh, the There's nine trade addicts leagues. Rookie drafts are pretty much all done at this point. I spaced them out over a few days, but yeah. still, uh, it, it goes pretty quick. Uh, I honestly think I have maybe four out of like 24 left. Uh, yeah. And I mean, also, we were joking before about how do you, you asked how I felt coming out of my drafts. And I'm like... <sighs> 
because I honestly don't even have picks on most of my teams because, you know, hey, Dynasty Outhouse Trade Addict and the easiest thing to trade are picks. So I usually don't end up with them. And so many drafts, I don't catch in time to trade back in. But <laughs> so I, I know I still have at least four because these are people that they're very nice commissioners. But like, no, we'll wait till June. It's cool, man. You do what you got to do with everything else. We'll still be here in a month. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like everyone, like when I first started five, six years ago in the Dynasty community, it used to be, you know, wait two, three weeks and then we'll do it, you know, and then it just kept moving up and moving up. And I know you're in UDPL one. They started UDPL two and and Tyler Gunther was the commissioner. He's like, we're drafting right after the first round is over. And I was like, whoa, you know, like we're going to start before the second round even started. You know, we might only have five or six guys drafted and, you know, we are degenerates. We keep moving it up further and further. And I feel like we get to a point and I'm like, I miss the drafts. I want to bring them back again, you know? And I think that's why Mung does so many best balls. Uh, Mung, how is everything like that with going for you? Yeah, I do have a couple of leagues that I'm still waiting on. And there's one in my home league that we usually do uh, in late July. So a lot changes in the landscape by then. But I am happy to report that so far in three of my rookie drafts and all three of them, I have gotten Trey Lance, my guys. So I would oh, yeah. say that things are going pretty well so far. And also, if you guys haven't tried it yet, get at least one rookie draft before the NFL draft. It will literally change your the way you view the NFL draft, especially because like that league uh, last year was the first year and I productive struggled the hell out of it. So I had like four first round picks. And so I'm like, oh, my God, don't fall. Oh, God, don't fall. Go, just go to the right place. Just go to a good place. Go to, yes. We're good. Oh, no, that's not good. It, it really it changes everything. It is so much fun. I Not all of them. Seriously. Not all of them, because that is a stress you don't want in your life. But like one or two, it, it's it's so much fun. The one that I did with the uh, Dynasty Happy Hour writers, the Hakeem Butler went 105 that year. So that that kind of was exactly. one of those ones yes. where it's like, you know, we all thought Kelvin Harmon and, and Hakeem Butler, they were like borderline first round picks, you know, and then then they start going in the third. And now you can't even get a fifth for them. You know, it's just keeps moving back. But it's a different, different breed there. Uh, the first trade we're going to talk about, and I like to call it kind of the contender cheat code. Um, myself and Jason Thomas and a couple other guys really prescribed to this where I'm always trying to win. And I know, Russ, you're the same way. Sometimes I just use those picks to try to get in there, and I spend them before I even have them. Mm -hmm. um, so the first one I did is it's a, a league I'm looking to three-peat, and I took a 22 first and a 22 second, traded up to get 106. So in my th thought process is it's a late first, it's a late second for 106, and grab Najee Harris in a points per carry league. So what do you guys think? No, wait, wait, wait. More importantly, Najee Harris fell to 106 in a points per carry league? Yeah, it's super flex. Super flex. It doesn't matter. Man, Najee at four at the latest. That's crazy. Like, I know. Hey, good I, for I've you, been man. Saying that. I, I've been saying that with, with Mung and everybody else. I have him nine out of the 13 drafts that I've gotten. I've gotten Najee Harris. I think he's just landed in a absolute awesome situation i feel like pittsburgh we know the offensive line isn't what it used to be but the man can catch he's a three down back as long as he pass protects i mean he's going to be the everything for that offense yes. and it's going to be fantastic so mung what do you think yeah i love it i mean points per carry you want those workhorses i mean that volume alone is going to get you you know a good floor and make his ceiling incredibly high love it yeah, and the second one like that, again, another one of mine, just because we you know, we got some in there, but I wanted to mix in our thought processes and how we do things is another league I'm looking to repeat, and I'm sitting there, and, and Mac Jones just keeps falling, right? We've been talking about Mac Jones. We had you know Matt Waldman on last week who actually comped Matt Jones to Peyton Manning for his ceiling. Like I was like blown away, you know? So I'm like, I got to get a share of this guy. It gets to 112 still on the board, and I'm like trying to move up. Gets all the way to 205 in a super flex. And I'm like, I'm in. I, I got to get this, right? So I send a 22 second in Gabe Davis. To me, Gabriel Davis is like kind of one of those pieces you can just add in. It's not a huge bump. You know, he's your wide receiver five, wide receiver six. I said, trade the two of them for the 205 and get Mac Jones. I mean, those are the kind of moves where if the league is showing you that they do not appreciate Mac Jones or they do not appreciate a player and he keeps falling and falling, because most of our drafts, we're seeing him go 1 8, 1 9. And now he falls all the way to two five. You start thinking people are underappreciating this guy for a reason. They don't quite know what the asset is here. I'm going to go in for it. Mung, talk a little bit about Mac Jones and, and where you're seeing him go and about this trade here. 
Yeah, I think in that late first range is generally where he goes. Uh, I've seen him as early as one five, one six, uh, but really no starting quarterback should ever fall out of the first round of a rookie draft in superflex formats. So I think that's a steal where you got him. I mean, we saw that people disliked Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Those guys fell to the second round. It doesn't really matter how you feel about Mac Jones. Personally, I'm pretty high on him. I think he landed in a great spot with Josh McDaniels in New England. They've got a top five offensive line. I mean, he's, you know, he's set up to succeed. But again, just outside of the first round, that's insane value. Yeah, and, and Russ, I mean, I know this is definitely a smash except trade, and that's why we're talking about it a little bit. But how do you break down, you know, talk to me a little bit about your super flex rankings for the beginning part of drafts. I mean, we have those five quarterbacks. You know, there's, there's obviously Kyle Pitts. There's Najee Harris and, and Jamar Chase. How do you break down that top six for people? Well, the first three are... Lawrence, Fields, Lance. The the next two, the bottom two can go in any order. Uh, for me, it is Fields, then Lance, though I do love Lance. I just think there's a chance, Fields, there's a better chance Fields reaches his ceiling sooner and his floor is higher. So that's why it's more of a I feel safer taking Fields, even though I probably like Lance's ceiling more. But I am terrified of screwing up, so I always will be a little safer think knowing I'll just trade for a dude later. I'm absolutely fine paying the tax on waiting till a guy hits, you know, because I like trading. But after those three, like, honestly, I'd be fine if the five quarterbacks went one through five. Like, this is super. If you're in at least 12 teams or more, I do think it probably should be the five. Uh, there's no guy I like in this draft that much that they will be better than a starting quarterback. And all five of these are either starting this year or are the long-term plan easily. Like Fields might not even start this year just because the Bears went and paid Andy Dalton. But you know Fields is going to be the guy. And the same thing with Lance. They may play Garoppolo for a while. They'll quickly realize how terrible of an idea that is and put Lance in, even if he's not completely ready. What He'll learn. That's fine. You know, they have a good enough on- offensive line that it's not going to get Lance killed. So, like, these guys are all going to go out there. Zach Wilson going to go out there because there's no one else. Mac Jones, maybe he sits behind Cam. Who cares? Like, he's that guy. He's the quarterback we've been waiting for the Patriots to take forever because not to call him Tom Brady, like, man, Waldman calling him Peyton Manning ceiling, but, like, he is very accurate, very calculated, and a statue. So, like, it's, it's uh, you know, a little less of Tom Brady. So, it, it, it's a perfect fit. So, I can't take a tight end in the first. I will say it now. I will take whatever heat I need to. Kyle Pitts can walk onto the field and automatically be Travis Kelsey. That's fine. I, I can't take him in the first. Like, so many tight ends have done us so wrong that I'm fine just letting it happen. And again, buying him later if that's what I feel like I need to do. Yeah, uh, but I do require. I've, yeah. I've, I'm, the, I'm the kind of guy in a startup. I take my tight ends late. I try to get those guys late in, in rookie drafts. You know, And I did, out of my 13 teams, I have one Kyle Pitts share. And he, it was at 107 after all the quarterbacks were gone, or 108. Yeah. All the quarterbacks were gone. Oh, yeah, and for sure. Chase and Harris were gone, and I'm sitting there with Etienne or Pitts, and I'm like, if I if I take Pitts, I'm going to be able to trade him for something because I'm seeing unicorn-type trades. You know, I'm seeing yes. things where in the Dynasty Trade Calculator League, you know, J.P. Hurley took him 102. You know, there's guys taking him, and that's a 14-team super flex. I mean, there are people going right in there, you know, so it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, now that you're talking about him, let's talk about a trade that actually involves Kyle Pitts, and it's in, sent in by our other co-host who's not here tonight, Rookie Fever John. He was offered the 108, the 204, and Irv Smith in a Superflex. And Superflex tight end premium, all three for Pitts. Honestly, you can get better. I like, see, the thing is, if I'm trading away Pitts, it's for guaranteed points, right? Like, we, we are buying the draft stock of Pitts because of the ceiling. He's the generational guy. He's going to walk on and be Kelsey and Kittle. Yeah. you know, times three all at once right away because I don't know, people are crazy, but if I'm getting him on my team and selling him, which I do have one share and it was an, it was in capitalist pigs one. And because I literally had twice the amount of money that the next person had. So I literally just bought the high end assets. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this because I can, you know, pound my chest a little bit, but like if I'm sending away the 
all-encompassing amazingness that is Kyle Pitts. I want someone that I know is scoring me points. Like, I want someone that has done it before, will do it again, and will do it again for a while. Clearly, you can't predict all of that, but Irv Smith, I've always loved the guy. I loved him since, you know, he was he's a tight end that produced in college. It doesn't really happen. But he came into the league, and I loved him, and for some reason, they kept putting Kyle Rudolph in. Now that he's gone, we, we expect him to be kyle pitts i don't know but like he hasn't done it yet so i i don't feel safe and i know you're getting that 108 which is probably like we've been saying somewhere around that like etienne javante williams uh if you want to buy on Devonta smith a little bit because he's he's usually around like 10 11 like yeah too much maybe for me to sell a guy whose hype is as high as it is Right. You're talking about a couple nice pieces, but no premium assets. You know, and I saw yeah. earlier, I saw a guy trade Kyle Pitts and for DK Metcalf plus. And I was like, no, that that's one. You <laughs> oh, absolutely man. smash that. And you take that because we are looking at a, a tight end where he has to become in that essence there. We, he has to become Travis Kelsey or you lose. Period. No, you lose because you know, like, DK Metcalf is already what wide receiver two or three at this point, yeah. in which case, even if you're tight end one. In a 1.75 premium, like you're probably getting drafted around wide receiver two or three, in which case he has to, I don't know, like this season in the trade addicts leagues, which are 1.75 points for tight end reception, Kelsey outscored Devontae Adams by 40 points. He will need to do better than that to outproduce the value of DK plus. That's as long as that person's happy. I guess that's all that really matters, but that's crazy. I think the key to it, Mung, is we, we talk about this on the on the podcast all the time. It's know your league mates, right? So if yes. you're in a draft, there are some people that get a serious chub for Kyle Pitts. I mean, they're talking about him. In, in our league where we did our, our you know, smash accept listener league, people were talking about taking him 102 in that league, you know, and that is what ended up happening. But it's like if you know there's that guy in your leagues, you got to make those moves. And, oh, yeah. and, you know, you take Kyle Pitts there, and then you get a first to move back to 105, and then you get one of these other guys you like, Mung. Yeah, and I actually don't hate it, um, the John's trade, going back to that, because I, I see that drop-off right around 109 in Superflex. So at 108, you're still getting a Jamar Chase, a Najee Harris, or one of those top five quarterbacks. So to get Irv Smith, and then you're probably looking at like a Terrace Marshall, Trey Sermon type in the 204, I would, I would consider selling pits for that. I like it. And we had a, a comment there uh, from Tequila Operator. He put all in on Mac Jones. He actually just traded me for Mac <laughs> Jones. <laughs> Where I just traded to get Mac Jones, him and I made a deal just to because he was so excited to get Mac Jones. The next you know, type of trade that I call is a contender package up, right? There's a lot of times where we're trying to move some pieces and get back into the draft. So very similar to that contender cheat code. Another move that I made was in a super flex where I have five quarterbacks. Tua and Melvin Gordon for the 105. And again, knowing my guy getting Najee Harris, you know, do you guys, are there, is that a type of move that you guys make where you try to take some, you know, some packages that, of players that you already have, you know, Melvin Gordon in this type of situation, I was trying to find anybody that wanted to buy Melvin Gordon and push it that way because Javante Williams is seriously going to eat into that. So Russ, talk a little bit about the Melvin Gordon Javante situation and then about the trade. Um, I think this is going to be one of those situations kind of where, like Baltimore, this this past year, Ingram was still the guy at the beginning of the season. I, I He got hurt. He sat out, COVID, all of this stuff. And then J.K. Dobbins was just like, I'm not letting you back on. I love you, but I'm not doing it. Like, this is my show now. And, well, maybe Melvin gets hurt. Maybe they just realize Javante Williams is better because Melvin doesn't have the steam he used to. I do think, and they've, coach speak is coach speak, but they have said that right now Melvin is still the guy. And I do think he will be to, at least to begin. But Javante's good, man. Like, he's going to get on the field. He might not be, because Melvin Gordon's not bad. Let's face it, he's not like Todd Gurley where just like he's, you know, running like I do. And that's that's not a good thing. Uh, if you're not watching, you could see I'm not like running shape. Um but like so, Melvin Gordon's still better than that. He's still younger than that. But it, running back's a young man's game. I, he will, Javante will find his way on. I think at best case scenario, you're talking 50, 50, 60, 40. And next year, I think Gordon is gone and it's full on Javante. So 100%, if you could use Melvin Gordon to package and get what you want, good for you. Like that, that's awesome. 
Um, so yeah. you said it was Tua and Melvin Gordon to get up to Najee? Yeah, yeah. And my thought process, two is worth pretty close to the 105, 105 to 108 range. But if you can take Melvin Gordon and push him in there, you know, in, in that type of situation. And by the way, it's a 10-team super flex. So quarterbacks. Oh, so quarterbacks. Oh, if then it's absolutely. 12, if it's 12, I'm I'm debating it. If it's 14, I'm not doing it. But if it's 10, like I, I pushed in there. Um, Monk, talk a little bit, you know, uh, to echo what Russ was saying. As far as I'm seeing a lot of people trying to buy Melvin Gordon and James Robinson on the cheap now. I mean, they they both kind of seem to hold that starting position, but are those guys you're willing to put in on there, or is it kind of just start moving on? Yeah, it depends on the value here, and I think this is a trade that probably makes sense for both parties in this case because assuming you're contending and you want that workhorse back um, and another team might need quarterbacks, even if it is a shallow or super flex format, I think this is a, a the value is about right here. I don't I don't love or hate either side. Love it. Moving on to the next one. This one's just a contender hold, right? So we're at a point you might have stumbled upon an early draft pick. You know, you made a trade and it was a random first and it became an early one. This one was sent in by FF Day Trader, who's part of the Smash Accept crew. He said he had the 104 and he's still in contention. He doesn't need a lot of things except for a wide receiver. He trades the 104 in the 12 team Superflex for DeAndre Hopkins and the 207. Yeah. Among, yeah. What do you think? All right, go. You talk first. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's fine. Um, certainly love DeAndre Hopkins, but at the same time, I don't know that he's going to significantly outscore Harris. Uh, assuming you know that's another guy that you want to flex, unless you're you know really set at quarterback and running back, and you want uh, or you need that wide receiver depth. And then, you know, it's, again, it's a fine trade, but I think I would actually prefer the 104 here. That's how high I am personally on Jamar Chase. Uh, I think that Bengals offense is going to be throwing it a ton. They've really done nothing to fix that defense so far. Um, they used the highest rate of 11 personnel in the entire league last year. So Chase is going to be on the field pretty much every single snap. So personally i think there's a chance that chase is worth you know way more than hopkins by this time next year so i would have stayed put but certainly hopkins is a safe wide receiver one option so you know i don't hate this by any means yeah i feel like it's one of those trades where you know it, it feels really good right now right and, and deandre hopkins likely scores more i mean he's going to score more than jamar chase this year almost almost a lock but Next year, we're looking at the value, and DeAndre Hopkins at that point is going to be, what, 29, and we're going to start to feel that that cliff come a little bit more. And then that value, you're going to say, man, I wish I had Jamar Chase. So it's really, really dependent on what, you, what you're seeing in there. That second round, Russ, I mean, the next trade we have sent in by the same guy said he packaged up 1-9, 2-2, and 2-7 for Kirk Cousins and 1-11. What, from that second round, I'm starting to really – I get to 112 in a super flex, and I'm starting to look at these guys in the second round, and – I'm not happy. You know, like last year I felt like second round, I'm like, man, I can get Gibson. I can get, you know, I can get all these guys up in here. And there were, there was such value this year. I'm like, it's all over the place. It's pick and choose yeah. your guy. I mean, there's some players that I like, but I'm just seeing that second round value. Isn't the same second round value as last year. You know, we all wanted 2021 to be like 2020, but it's not, you know, and, and, and I'm not trying to sell them short before it happens, but talk to me a little bit about that second round. Yeah, it, the draft kind of killed the luster of the second round. Yeah, I huge Rashad Bateman fan. Man, Baltimore. Uh, like, I'm still okay with it, but uh, I'm gonna just make that noise a lot if I keep talking about it. But I mean, the same goes for what Elijah Moore to the Jets, uh, Rondell Moore to the Cardinals. It's like all these places are just like uh, over and over again. So, like last year, you got. At the oh man, 202 T Higgins, like the amount yeah. of T Higgins shares I got literally at the 202. And he profiles, at the, you know, coming into he profiled as an X. Like, you don't really have that in the second round. The closest you got is like what Diami Brown at like the 205 to Washington. Like, are you happy about that? I mean, maybe while Fitzpatrick is there, sure, maybe, but I mean, I'm I haven't lost my flame for Antonio Gandy Golden yet. So <laughs> I'm still holding on to that one. I felt so but, bad. Somebody offered me uh they uh a Antonio Gandy Golden for a fourth and I said no. And I wanted to like him so much last year, you know. Oh, I would have like, done, done that just for the <laughs> hell of it. Just you know, why not? He's still young. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. So uh, 
by the way, his trade, uh, yes, absolutely. I would I throw around mid to late seconds to move up two or three spots all the time. Um, I have to think about the actual trade. Um, I had the 201, and I put the 206 and 209 to move up to the 111, I think it was, because I wanted to get Waddle, Waddle. and Devonta Smith. Yes. Like, I wanted both of them. And, man, like, I... I Trey Sermon at the 201 is just like it's it's happening every single draft yep. and I hate it every single draft and it's just like I don't want this I don't want that uh, no I, I like wide receivers and I get that you're supposed to draft running backs and rookie drafts it's just nope not doing it so yeah I jumped up and you know the 206 I, I wish I remember I wish I paid attention to who they picked but you're right it's probably like a Terrace Marshall or Tylen Wall, well, I guess Tylen Moss is going later since he fell and went to the Ravens. But again, it's guys that I can't even think of, and that's the point. Like there, there's not much going on. Maybe Elijah Moore. I mean, are we are we happy about drafting Michael Carter or Kenneth Gainwell? Like, no, not really. Like, ugh. so yeah, absolutely. Throw around those mid seconds if people have planted flags on Gainwell and don't want to get off of it. Absolutely, move up a couple of spots because you'll be happier. Yeah, I love that because we're both Mung and I are huge Jalen Waddle guys. And when you I don't know if you heard me say it before you even done finishing. Yeah, yeah you like, jumped Waddle. on it. Yeah. You know, because yep. we've been talking about that for a while now is like package up some of these seconds and get in there and get the last of that top tier with Devonta Smith and, and Jalen Waddle. Go in and get those guys before we get to situations like you talked about in that second round with Elijah Moore and Rondale Moore and, and Terrace Marshall and all these guys that it doesn't seem all that great on paper. Now, Mung, I know last week, you know, Waldman was kind of hyping up some of those guys in the second round, but is this a, a trade that you're willing to make and try to move up and get your guy? The, I think this is another one where I think on paper, it's very fair. It really comes down to who's available at that 109, 111 spot. Um, if someone fell who shouldn't to 109, then absolutely. But I would actually lean the cousins and 111 side here because in that 109 range, you're probably looking at, you know, Devontae Smith, Travis Etienne. And I've been getting Jalen Waddle at 111, 112, even 201, who I prefer over those guys. So if I can trade down and grab Cousins, who I think is an underrated QB too, you know, for a contender, that makes sense. Again, this trade, I think, is very fair for both sides. Yeah. Now, let's let's go from that to one that isn't fair. Let's talk about go get your guy, right? And this is your guy, Mung, and that's why I picked this one out. Um, it's from at it's Zach FF. Gave up Juju, Hawkinson, 22-1, two 22-2s, Marlon Mack, and the 308 for the 102, and Jeff Wilson. So we're looking at Juju, Hawk, one first, two seconds, Marlon Mack, all for Trey Lance in a 12-team Superflex. Now, you are the biggest Trey Lance advocate i know you know you've even talked about debating between lawrence and lance at some point can you do this so zach i'll talk to you directly here um <laughs> <laughs> on paper on paper you lost this trade uh value wise but i think you crushed it because and i'm sorry i'm gonna go off on a quick little tangent here i know we're talking trades tonight but i haven't really had a chance to let this out um, because recently I was thinking about this, and I think now, uh, before I was saying, you know, Lawrence, Lance, they're in the same tier. I think Lance is my clear 101 over Lawrence at this point. Um, and I've been going over this a lot. There's a great, uh, great piece over at The Athletic um, where they interviewed Lance's college coach at North Dakota State. And he was saying about just all the different pre-snap calls that Lance had to make, the checks, uh, adjusting the protections and audibles to run plays. And that's a huge part of why Shanahan wanted him uh, in that he was confident that Trey Lance could run his offense. Um, when you add in that rushing upside and that deep ball, I mean, there, it's just there are reports all over that Lance was one of, if not the smartest quarterbacks during these interviews and really, you know, that's 80% of the quarterback position, right? But when you throw in that athleticism that he has on top of that, um, putting him with Kyle Shanahan, offensive genius, they've got a top 10 offensive line. Um, they have amazing weapons. Uh, this might be a little bit of hyperbole, but I think Lance's floor is like Kyler Murray and his ceiling is like Mahomes hybrid with Lamar Jackson. 
Whoa, that was the most. I hope that's hyperbole because there was man, man, (laughs) mic drop. It was that DJ moment where you, you know, like like the beat drops. I mean, that was like, whoa, all right. Hey, everybody's got their take, you know, and I I like that, you know, and you've you've been that way the whole time with Trey Lance. And one thing I got to know about Mung is, you know, he has his takes and he's sticking with them and he, Mm -hmm. and they're based, they're, they're very factually based. You know, he's not just going out on a limb and saying, I like this guy because, I mean, that's, you know, it always makes me think a little bit more when you drop those kind of and, things. Well, I mean, look, I'm I'm wrong plenty. I'll be the first to admit that. You know, we all miss. But th- this Lance, to me, the same reasons that I like Lance is why I took Patrick Mahomes over to Sean Watson and Alvin Kamara a couple of years ago. And to me, I, I just think he's set up to succeed. Yeah, and that's the kind of situation where, like, I know you don't own any 101s, but if you did – you move back to 102 and you get a king's ransom because that is not the consensus, you know, and that's not something we I'm I'm advocating go up and take Trey Lance 101. If you have that 101, trade back to 102 or 103 and go after it, you know. And I feel like that's where you really win in dynasty, where you can take a move where you believe that wholeheartedly that that's your guy. Move back off him. So, um, that was a lot there, Russ. You're gonna take that one in with the trade and and the Trey Lance mic drop. How do I take that in? Wow. Uh, no, like, see, the thing is, like, I conceptually, I absolutely agree with a lot of the things you said. I also heard a lot of the same where he was the smartest quarterback coming in here. And the thing is, it gets funny. Like, I remember when we really were riding that Mac Jones to San Francisco thing. And I said, look, even if Mac Jones isn't really very good, we know he could be a very good game manager. And that's all you need to be in a, in a Shanahan offense, especially with the with Kittle, with Debo, with Ayuk, because, man, all of those guys are really good after the catch. But if you're going to put a smart guy in there, A, who's really good at running the ball, B, really pretty deep ball, C, is really good at reading the field. Yeah, dude, like ceiling galore. I mean floor of Kyler is I'm not there yet and that's awesome that you are to believe so much in a player I don't know if I've ever felt like that before so like I'm a little jealous at the moment but (laughs) like absolutely like I I conceptually agree that that is literally a ceiling I've never seen before and I at this point now I hope it happens just gonna be like yo yeah, I, I knew Mung before he was cool. Like, like he's famous now. He just he literally guessed the highest ceiling ever. And there you go, man. Like you're, fa- yeah, you're, it, you're rich and famous now. It's that scenario. I want to look at my girlfriend like Mung looks at Trey Lance. You know what I mean? Like, I want to look at it that way. No, um, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that. But I, I, I see what you're saying here. And some of the assets here. I mean, I love Hawkinson. But Juju might be depreciating. We don't know where those dude's still 20, like, are. 20 years oh, old. No, no. How is he even not? It, but could be, you know, going into the I, – I love Juju. I'm not going to lie. But, I mean, he he's fallen back in some value for sure. I'm not making this trade, but I'm trying to, you know, understand where, where Monk's coming from a little bit. Well, see, no. Okay, so let, let's talk about the trade itself. Let's do it. Yes, I, like, gasped at this price. But when yeah, you so stop in Twitter – 70 30. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you're going to look at that on paper and you're going to see these names and, and you're going to be like, oh, no, why would I do that for one player? You're right. It To me, it's very silly that Juju's value went down because we are sad he's leaving a dead armed Roethlisberger. Like, if anything, his value should have gone down a little bit when he re signed for the yes. year. Uh, and he's going to go somewhere next year choose where he wants and get the money he knew he couldn't get this year because of the reduced cap. Like that's the only reason he signed. Well, that, because he, you know, Pittsburgh loves him and, you know, they gave him the chance and every, like, Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, it, it made sense for him to stay this year, but like, even with Deontay, even with Claypool, maybe now they have a running game, but still the dude put up over 200 points with all of that same thing and had a bad year. Like, so like, to be down on him as and a talent and as a situation is a little strange to me. I don't know why the value dropped on him, but it did. In which case, cool. That made you be able to move him. And that made that guy feel good about taking all of that on to move away from the 102. And I agree with you said. Hawk is like the same thing as Irv Smith, but a little bit less so. We've seen Hawk be good. We haven't seen him be great yet. And now he gets a new quarterback. Things and a new head, uh, new coach, new offensive coordinator. Every, like we don't necessarily know. So, and you know, if you're that confident kind of person, 
that you know you're sending your 2022 20, first man that's the 112 whatever man that's fine i'm gonna win this thing so like yes the more i talk about it out loud it's really not as outlandish as it sounds right that's what i was it's, saying There's it's no name value the names the names is really yeah. what it is yeah like because what you're saying is like the 102 trey lance even justin fields if we're talking startup right now probably not falling past the third round Juju's probably getting drafted in the fifth. Hawk in like the eighth or ninth at this point, especially if there's not that much of a premium. Throw all that together, and I know draft value doesn't equal trade value, but sometimes, especially now where we're all doing drafts, it's an easy way to think about it. So in a startup, you would trade a fifth, an eighth, and a future first to get up to the second round. Uh, Easily, right away. So yes, the more I talk about it, the less outlandish it sounds and not 70-30 on Twitter sounding, but... I don't know if I have it in my soul to send that trade. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and this time of year, I mean, there is a disconnect between draft value, between rookie value, you know, and this is where we're kind of setting things. So, I mean, this is why we're going over the show tonight, and that's why we're we're doing those kind of things. So I like that. Uh, the next one I wanted to talk about comes from at 22Steve, 10-team, one-quarterback league, saying 107 for Josh Jacobs. Now, this one kind of got me a little bit. We're looking at a one-quarterback league, so we're probably looking at Devontae Smith, maybe maybe Waddle for Josh Jacobs. And I, I, I messaged him. He said it's a points-per-carry league. Last year in points-per-carry, Josh Jacobs was the RB8. And I'm seeing on Twitter, I saw two different trades today alone. This one where he went 107 in a one-quarterback and 110 in a super flex. Are we starting to write off Josh Jacobs a little bit too soon here, or does this seem about right? We'll start with you, Russ. Uh, I always want to be a Josh Jacobs fan. The problem is Gruden has shown that he has zero interest, including him in the passing game. And yes, it being points per carry absolutely doesn't absolutely. It somewhat erases that because like you said, running back eight in points per carry, if he caught 20 more balls like a normal running back would, he'd have been running back like four and it's just not going to change. He had yeah. 25 receptions, and we saw the guy coming out of Alabama. He was, he was a receiving back. I mean, that was his thing. That was like why people wanted him is yeah. they were you know comparing him to Kamara and his pass catching ability, and he doesn't get used at all. Yeah, same thing with like Sony Michelle. You know, the few years ago, same exact thing. Like, what? Why? What? Uh, okay, sure, but the Drake thing scares me a little bit. Not because I think Drake's going to steal the job in any way, but Drake is the best backup Josh Jacobs has seen so far and I do think Drake can keep himself on the field especially since he's being used as the receiving back like Drake played in the slot a decent amount last year that's also because he was on Arizona and Arizona doesn't like anyone in the backfield but you know (laughs) he can catch the ball he can run the ball he's not great but again you don't have to be great to be a running back in the NFL especially behind Oakland's line like you you just need to be pretty good and Drake is pretty good so I do think in a normal circumstance where they would have pulled Jalen Rashard off the field they'd be like "Eh, Drake can handle these next three plays and it's not going to drop Jacobs to like running back 15 or anything but it might drop him to like running back 10 11 12 but still that's a good price for him you know all of that does a bit of negativity on Josh Jacobs that a late first absolutely especially in a one QB easily all day and this is a move that Mung and I disagree completely on, on Josh Jacobs. We've talked about this in the past, but I'm trying to make this move and I can't get him that cheap anywhere. And I'm seeing it all over Twitter. Mung, I know you have a serious concern about Josh Jacobs this season. Yeah, well, like Russ mentioned, you know, just the lack of receiving usage really caps his upside in PPR formats, especially. Um, and then you throw in the the offensive line moves that the Raiders made that are you know, iffy at best, you know, maybe Tom oh, yeah, Gable yeah. can kind of work his magic and make those oh, guys work, but it, it's hard to see it as anything but a downgrade from what they had last year. And, you know, they were moving guys around and they were hurt. So I get it, but all the same, uh, but at the same time, I think I'm on your side here, Mike, uh, in points for carry, that's still fairly cheap for Jacobs. I mean, the running backs who are getting that kind of volume are, are still few and far between. So I, I do like this side in points per carry. In normal leagues, I think late first is about right now for Jacobs. All right. We'll save that that argument for the uh, the next podcast because I want to keep moving here a little bit. Uh, next one comes from another guy. Love him on Twitter, Levi Chappelle. 14-team, one quarterback, 0.5 PPR, 0.2 points per carry. So, you know, every five carries is an extra point. 
he gave up on a contender 109, 111, and Paris Campbell for Zeke. Now we'll start with you, Mung. We're we're smashing for Zeke right now, right? Talk to me. Oh yeah, this is a hashtag smash. Except if I've ever seen one, especially in points per carry and one quarterback where you know the quarterbacks aren't driving down talent to the late first. Yeah. This is, I mean, people people love to talk about Tony Pollard and Tony Pollard's great. I like Tony Pollard, but they're paying Zeke so much money. They're they're not gonna they're both sprinkle in Pollard here or there. I'm not concerned about Zeke's workload at all. I mean, one nine, one eleven. I don't. I only play in one one quarterback league, and luckily, I'm, I was in a rebuild, and I have pick one, two, and three, so I don't have to worry about what's left at one nine, one eleven, because I feel like that's Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, Rondale Moore, and you're talking about giving Rondale Moore and Trey Sermon for Zeke, Russ. I mean, is there anything other than smashing? Except, oh no, every everything that Monk said, I don't even feel like I need to say anymore. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Now, now on that, since we we're talking about that one quarterback, I have this. I have pick one, two, and three, and I'm taking Harris and Chase one and two. It's not tight end premium. Is it still Kyle Pitts in a one quarterback league? Is he still the three pick? Or do we consider moving up one of the running backs? Oh, me? Uh, No, No I can't. Sorry, what? No no premium. Are we still taking Kyle Pitts 103? Are we moving up? Yeah. Who are you you taking in that spot? Chase. Okay, so – Okay, so you said one quarterback, yep. no tight end premium, no, no points for carry. Oh, it's so vanilla. It's missionary. Vanilla? Like, it is so boring. I still take it. I'm taking Etienne before. And honestly, I, I would consider Devonte Smith before Pitts. I think that's my cutoff right there. Um, I would take a hard look at, at myself in the mirror if I'm sitting on that, like, five. You know, one of those where you put your hands up next to the mirror yeah. and you just sort of stare at it. Like, do I, am I taking a tight end? Am I doing this? Am I? It doesn't feel oh. right. Yeah, I know. And that's what I'm thinking and right when, now. Honestly, like, I'd probably side with Smith after that. And maybe I regret it. Maybe I don't. But I did what was right for me. And that's what matters. You got to You got to make your, it's got to be what's true inside. You yep. know, and I, I'm, since I am a trade addict as well, I'm going to take one. I'm going to take Harris and Chase, and then I'm going to put it on the clock. You know, and we're going to try to see who yeah. wants to pay up for Kyle Pitts. But uh, next trade we have going to skip over that one is we have Curtis Patrick in the FFPC league I'm in you know I'm sitting at the 104 and I really wanted fields he fell to 104 and he made this offer to me it was Chase Claypool in the 109 for 104 and I said I can't do it my only quarterbacks are Cam Newton and Derek Carr because I got killed Drew Brees retired a lot of a lot of negative things went on and he gives up the 109 and Chase Claypool moves up to 105 and takes Jamar Chase and the guy at 109 gets Javante Williams. So is Chase Claypool the kind of guy that we're willing to move up, you know, for those four or five spots? He's kind of in a rebuild, but he really wanted to get Jamar Chase. We'll go start with you, Russ. Yes. I, I mean, that's that's nice and easy. Yes. Yeah. You are trading up to get Jamar Chase. He he, he is that good. Uh, Chase. Okay. Like, I'm so conflicted on Chase Claypool because – like we've seen what he can do, but man, how is that sustainable? It's like not, I don't yeah. exactly like I want to believe that Roethlisberger is was still healing or something. Man, I'm like really there. You go. Like I want to believe that his arm's gonna kick back in a little bit more. But towards the end of the season, he could not throw the ball twenty yards. That Claypool needs is the wrong word, but what he was doing in the beginning, like it's, and I know we're only talking one, two years max of a young wide receiver's career, but that's going to change his value real bad. And that's what we care about. Right. So yeah, I would probably, if I'm sitting at the one Oh nine and I'm rebuilding, it would be really weird thought to trade a pick at a young court and a young wide receiver. But if I'm going to do it, I'm doing it for Jamar chase. who I'm going to build my team around. Yeah. And I know Mung's huge on Jamar Chase. And that's you, when you're redoing a rebuild. And I think both of you guys will agree. Sometimes it's taking some of that risk factor out of it here. You know, you're giving up a, a risky player like Chase Claypool, but Jamar Chase is going to hit. I mean, there is a very slim chance that that's not the corner piece of your off of your fantasy team there, Mung. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, with the DeAndre Hopkins deal that we discussed, it, you know, it wouldn't shock me if, you said a year from now, Jamar Chase is the number one wide receiver in Dynasty. I'd be like, all right, I could see that. Uh, will it happen? I don't know, but I feel pretty confident that he'll be in the top 10, top five. 
Uh, and then as for Chase Claypool, I like him. I comped him to Martavis Bryant last year because he's the kind of big body, you know, deep threat that really excelled with Ben Roethlisberger. But, you know, to your guys' point, Ben Roethlisberger is not the same as he was, you know, four or five years ago. And then also we have to remember that Chase Claypool's production last year, he had that one, what was it, like four touchdown game, five touchdowns, touchdowns. Um, on those like end arounds where the defense just, I don't know, didn't look for it or didn't, didn't think they would run that play again. Um, yeah, that, so was you, that was against yeah. my Eagles. That was brutal. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, with the, I, I, you know, I hate the argument like, oh, take out the one big game. But like, it, it's just not the type of play that he's going to be consistently scoring with. Um, and then throw in Friermuth, where it's just, you know, muddying that target share even more. I, I have no issue with going up to get Chase here. I love it. One more of a move up to get your guy. So the guy sitting here set in from FF Dynasty polls. He's sitting at the 108 in a one quarterback non-PPR. I say my, my first response was, you know, stop playing so vanilla. It's non-PPR one quarterback. I don't know what year this is, but it's 108 Denzel Mims and Miles Gaskin for the 104. Mung, we'll start with you because I know you're a Gaskin guy. Is that is that the kind of move you're moving to make up to move up to 104? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, especially non-PPR, I think ETN's the clear pick there. Uh, I, I like Gaskin for what he is in Miami, but uh, we actually talked about this on the Dynasty Dorks podcast last night where, you know, Gaskin is still a sell high if you can get any sort of first-round pick for him. I just tweeted out earlier today, uh, you know, back in February, there was there were rumors that the Dolphins and Aaron Jones had mutual interests, and then we found out, we had the report just a couple weeks ago that their target was Javante Williams until the Broncos sniped them. Uh, and then just today, we found out that they put in a waiver claim for on Johnson. So that's three of Miles Gaskin's nine lives right there. You've got a, a few more opportunities to sell high here, uh, but this is definitely a package up that I would do. I mean, he's definitely the guy that's going to get a bulk of the work, but are we talking moving up four spots, giving up Denzel Mims, Miles Gaskin, and 108? Russ, is that a kind of move you make? All day. Yeah, because yeah. uh, like again, I I agree with everything Mung just said. Like I loved Miles Gaskin. I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan, so I have to like by proxy like guys that went to Washington because they take half of them anyway when no one else does. So like, and Gaskin's a workhorse. He was in college, and he still can be. But like I said before, being a good running back doesn't doesn't get you anywhere in the NFL. You're you're just that gets you replaced is what it gets you. And you could see Miami tried. They have. Man, what do they have? Like three or four running backs back there now. Uh, Savan Ahmed, I think they grit. Do they still have Breda? I can't remember if he's still there. They, they have a couple uh, of guys. In Buffalo, now. In Buffalo. yeah, Buffalo. Like, I, I'm completely blanking on who else is there, but I know they just grabbed someone else. They have a couple of people, and it's just like, yeah, Gaskin could do what he did last year before he got hurt. These guys could just be depth. But still, are you willing to risk that? Are you willing not to go up to number four and have your choice of whatever the hell you want? Yeah, more or less, you know, at the cost of and Mims, who again, I love the idea of Mims, but they brought in Corey Davis. They just drafted um, Elijah Moore. And while neither of them are what Mims is, a not good team just got muddier. <laughs> so it, it's it is what it is. I would easily send that all day. Yeah, I mean, Mims was one of those guys that was like a sexy pick before the NFL draft, you know, and before yep. free agency. And we always talk about it. And 1T Brett just jumped in and said, hey, how's everybody doing? Um, if you guys don't follow him, make sure you do. Open 24 hours. He roasted the heck out of me in our in our Dynasty yeah. Dad roast. But, um, you know, making that move, we always talk about don't sell it before you're on the clock or don't unless you really get blown away. And uh, at Dan Duke DB in a 10-team, one-quarterback league, Traded the 103 and a 23 second for Melvin Gordon and a random 22 and a random 23, which looked great on paper because we're thinking, hey, maybe they don't take a running back and Melvin Gordon's the workhorse here for the year. But now we end up getting to a situation where, you know, and this is why we talk about this all the time. Don't sell those picks until you're literally on the clock because that's when they have the most value. Once you trade it, you know, it's a different kind of scenario where Melvin Gordon and two first for the 103 and 23 second, not the worst deal. But one of those ones where if you wait, you know, you end up getting a little bit more. And I, he just sent that one in, so I told him I would go over that a little bit. Um, let's get into the big boy trades now, right? You know, Russ, I know you make these. You know, Mung, I know you like to talk about them, but you don't really jump right in there and break them. You know, you, you think a lot. And I, I just – I blow them up. You know, I go crazy with them. But 
Another guy that does that is a guy on Twitter, at Breakout Rage. He's the defending champion, and he sent the 112, which ended up being Mac Jones, two 22 firsts and a 23 first. So we got that. So three firsts and the 112. So essentially four firsts. For Cam Akers, 204, which ended up being Trey Sermon. The 205, which ended up being Elijah Moore. And the 302, which ended up being the tight end long out of Miami. So, and then he gets a 23, two and three back. Now this is kind of an interesting trade because we've talked about this whole draft, talking about those second rounders and trying to throw them in. We're talking about four first round picks now for Cam Akers, Sermon, Elijah Moore. Break this one down a little bit for me, Russ. Uh, that's a lot, man. Uh, like he, he the, the his second and getting long at the end, like he, he, he good picks fell to him where he probably shouldn't have gotten them. But yeah, uh, okay. So like I I I want Acres to be a thing. I love that he was at the end of the year. I've been fooled too many times by that running back who goes nuts at the last three games and like the first game of the playoffs. Derrick Henry did it to me twice. You know, the bear like Jeremy Langford did it a couple of years and got replaced by Jordan Howard right away. The Rams always had one and replaced the guy the next year. Like I I've learned I've stepped oh, Zach back. Stacey. Zach Stacy, that one hurt. Zach Stacy, Isaiah Pede. Like there was a ton of guys back then where it's just like, this dude's good. Like he's gonna oh, he got replaced. This dude's good. Yeah. No, he got what? Like in a keeper league, my cousin kept keeping these. You know, he kept Gio Bernard and then Jeremy Hill showed up and like took that away. Like he stopped keeping running backs for two years because of that. It was wonderful to watch. But, you know, back to what we're saying, like Cam Akers did really freaking well when Daryl Henderson was hurt and when that offense was doing well. I've I was a Cam Akers fan to do what he did behind literally a historically awful offensive line in college. You have to have talent, but. Uh, new quarterback. It's a better quarterback, so I guess that's a good thing. But Henderson didn't go away. Yeah, they got rid of Malcolm Brown, but is Malcolm Brown really stopping Cam Akers? No. Four first is a lot. Like if you cut out two of them, I'd feel a lot better about it. But clearly, the trade wouldn't happen if you're cutting out two firsts. Well, and I'm thinking that guy looks like he's rebuilding. If he's going to Mac Jones and all those extra firsts, I mean, he he sold out on Cam Akers because Cam Akers is a bit of a risk, you know, and I feel like that person there clearly going towards a rebuild or kind of a, a retooling. Oh, yeah. They got a lot out of it, you know, and if, for, Cam Akers them, that, yeah. if Cam Akers is that last piece of the puzzle, that's one thing, you know, and I know, Mung, you're big on Trey Sermon. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, what our guy Breakout got. Sure. I, I understand the motivation behind this deal, you know, being the defending champ and you know, if the rest of his roster is absolutely loaded, then I don't think it's an issue. If he still has, you know, top wide receivers, three QB ones, and a couple more firsts in 2022, then all right, overpay, get your guy. But, you know, li like Russ said, there's some risk with Akers. One of the one of the biggest games we saw from him in the playoffs was against the Packers, who are like a bottom three run defense. Um, and then there is a little bit of concern, too. Do they open up the passing game a little bit more? were they running so much because they wanted to hide Jared Goff's deficiencies, right? With Matthew Stafford there, do they throw a little bit more in the red zone? Um, so these are questions where I think Akers is a fine, you know, maybe RB1, uh, high-end RB2 at least, uh, but Mac Jones and three firsts is just a little bit too much for me to pay. That's the kind of money you pay for Christian McCaffrey. You know, and that, like, we're talking four firsts. I, I skip Cam Akers and I go after Barkley, Taylor, or – McCaffrey you know if I'm throwing that kind of capital around he just texted me he's only got one year to live so he's not worried about the 22 first and 23 first but it's YOLO you know he's all in you know but I feel like when you're giving up that kind of capital you can you can kind of shoot for the moon on that you know and skip above acres but yeah because if you do have that baller team and at least some of those picks are clearly you don't have two firsts in 22 but if that 22 and 23 is yours and you're again riding that confidence like dude 112 whatever yeah, no, then if all of those picks end up being the 112 and that 22, other 22 first magically is the 111, that dude you beat in the championship, you probably made out, even if Cam Akers is only running back 12. But that's a lot. That's, again, I completely get it. I understand it. It'll probably be worth it to you. I don't think I could make my finger press the button to propose that. Well, the other right. thing, too, is if you are that close to, you know, another title run, right? If you have a really good team and you think you're just one RB2 away, 
you know, I would rather pay one first for like a Chris Carson or pay a second for Mike Davis or Miles My- Gaskin. If your team's that good, you're going to get to like, you know, six and one. And then at that point, you can reevaluate and say, do I want to make that final push at that point? Um, it's just really early where you can have a really sexy roster right now. And then all of a sudden you're two and five and you're like, well, I got to I got to make some moves now. Yeah, and if Cam Akers goes down, I mean, now he has say, no yeah. no capital to to put him into there. And when you're all in, if you have that killer team, sometimes it's holding on to that pick. You know, you know that 22 first is go- is going to be late. They know it's going to be late, but you can buy a Chris Carson, and that was that was a great example there. Um, another one that's we got two more trades to get to, and I promise we get close to that hour mark. Um, it's at the Ruojo, I believe. He said he's 12 team half point PPR super flex. Now, this is a baller move. Talking Christian McCaffrey and Deshaun Watson or Aaron Jones, 1-8, 1-9, and 22 first. Now, the guy that I get the most questions about on Twitter is still Deshaun Watson. Now, I want to get both of your input on this deal because if this is a t- trade we're talking about before the Deshaun Watson news, I mean, there needs to be at least two more firsts on there because we're talking two top five, top six startup picks in a super flex draft. And – you know, there's been some news that we're looking to settle outside. We'll see what kind of suspension comes out. But Russ, talk to me here a little bit about this deal. Uh, I'm trying to like piece it in my brain. Like Deshaun Watson is probably worth the latest of those picks. Like one of them was a 22 first, right? Like yeah, I- I've seen Watson go for the 112. I've seen him go for a future first and future second. So. I mean, let's, and that was weeks ago. So right now, let's say he's probably worth that future first. So the rest of it was what Christian McCaffrey for Aaron Jones, the 108 and 109. Correct. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, I hate paying up for running backs. So if I could get Aaron Jones and two firsts for Christian McCaffrey, I would easily do that. So I, yeah, I, think this trade makes a lot more sense than when I first started listening. No, like I, I think value wise, it is probably kind of spot on and good for that guy for getting value for Watson and honestly getting value for McCaffrey. Like the dude's falling out of first rounds and startups, which is insane. So getting Aaron Jones and two firsts, even if they are a little later, I think that's an awesome grab. So good on both of these guys. I, I love both of these moves, but if I can, if I can get Aaron Jones, who I've always loved and, you know, two rookies. I think I do that. What do you think, Monk? I think the value's pretty close. Um, but for me, I mean, we've talked before about Deshaun Watson. I'm probably more bullish on him than the majority of the fantasy community. Um, again, I have my deep dive article over on Fantrax if you want to go into all the details. But I just don't see anything longer than, you know, a year-long suspension, if that. Oh, yeah. um, and then, you know, if he does get traded to – say Carolina or Denver where he's surrounded by weapons all of a sudden he's back to that top five startup pick in super flex formats um so to me I would lean the McCaffrey and Watson side but I certainly understand why you know someone would make this move if they're trying to win now and then they're trying to grab another quarterback or two and that with the one eight and one nine I think this deal makes sense for both and honestly it's probably one of the more fair value deals I've seen for Watson I've seen you know I've seen him going for late firsts, or I saw him going for Robert Woods in a first, which even that I think is pretty cheap. Yeah, I mean, I saw a Trey Lance versus Deshaun Watson that was 80-20 on Twitter. You know, I'm seeing a lot of things like he's going for one eight, one nine. Um, in this particular deal, though, the one thing that sticks out to me is I don't think there's any clear direction either way, right? Like, is he assuming Watson's going to start? Because he just traded to get Christian McCaffrey. Is Watson like maybe he's deep at quarterback? But I mean, we're in a situation where if you're trading for Christian McCaffrey, you are a win now. You have mm-hmm. to, you're paying all in. Deshaun Watson doesn't really make sense for that, you know, in that particular sense. But and then the last trade sent in from Magic School Bus. His his that's his his Twitter handle is at runcmc9. This one was very torn. You know, Mung and I talked about this one on Twitter, but it's 12 team, one quarterback, 0.5 PPR. The guy trades Nick Chubb and DJ Moore for Tyreek Hill in the 103. So, Russ, it has been fantastic having you on the show. This is your last last hoorah to get it in there and and just wow everyone. Wow. And you choose one that just breaks my brain. Wow. <laughs> I know it's oh. hard, right? Okay, so wait, try this. Do this to me again. What was it? Chubb. Nick Chubb and DJ and, Moore yep, for Tyreek in the 103. In a one quarterback. 
Wow. So, I mean, oh, wow. I, 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 can't, I can't imagine seeing this and it's going all day easy for me on, on either was, of these guys. Twitter was 65-35, which blew my mind. That was the biggest thing. Is like the thing is, my- I can't tell you which which direction it was. Like probably It was probably Tyreek just because the pick was there. But I it love was. DJ Moore. It was? It was. Yeah. Yeah, like I love DJ Moore. I think losing Curtis Samuel was good. I get that Terrace Marshall is. Did I say the right name? I hate when people's names are close. Uh, yeah. Tyler, I know Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace. Wallace, are no, Wallace. Yep. Yeah. They're nowhere near each other, like name wise. But first, they both start with T's, and it screws me up. Uh, like, and I know that he is a good deep threat and all that stuff for you know. But that, that's not DJ Moore anyway. So and I love Darnold. I I I'm so happy he went to a better team. So I do think DJ Moore is going to be very good. He's not going to be Tyreek Hill. Let's put that out there. Um, at the 103 and a one quarterback, you're gonna end up with what like Etienne probably because like Chase and Harris will probably go one and two. So with 0.5 PPR, I really hope you're not taking pits. Let's just I'll say that out loud. I I that's so too early. Um, Oh, so yeah, no, I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna go with DJ Moore, and Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is just so damn talented. I know it sucks that Nick Hunt, Nick Hunt, wow, Kareem <laughs> Hunt is there. Like I, I and that yeah. will 100% cap his upside. But the thing is, Nick Chubb doesn't care. He's that good. Like he will still catch a couple of balls, but he will run for 90 yards and probably close to a touchdown every single game. Clearly, the touchdown things hyperbole because he's not scoring eighteen touchdowns, but uh, that'd be cool if he did. Uh, but like, he's still going to get you double digit points every single week and have that chance for a thirty point game anytime. And uh, DJ Moore, I still like he started slow, but still ended up being like I think for one point he was like leading the league in yards, and everyone still thought he was doing terrible. So I I definitely lean that spot just because the one quarterback and I love the idea of Etienne with. Uh, Lawrence in Jacksonville. Just we don't know what he's going to be. We don't know what Pitts is going to be. You're not going to take Devontae Smith up there. And even if you do, I like the idea of, I love that landing spot for, for Smith, by the way, but still, uh, that wouldn't make me want to move to guys that are that good like Chubb and Moore are. And Mung, we, we've talked about this a lot. And I think um, Russ was, was hitting on it is some of these first-round picks, it's worth trading out to get a, a legitimate running back. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb is under underrated and undervalued. We just talked about Josh Jacobs is going super late. Joe, We learned from some of the trades a couple weeks ago, Joe Mixon's going for a late first. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going for a late first, and, and the rookie fever is catching on, and the running backs, instead of taking that risk, we can buy a guy with some, some known commodity here. Um, I know you were on the, the Chubb-DJ Moore side. Is that correct? Yeah, and I, I replied on Twitter where, again, I do think it's pretty close in value. But for me, you know, DJ Moore, we just haven't seen any sort of dominance from him. He's a fine wide receiver, too, in fantasy. But, you know, we saw that lack of touchdowns and target share with Robbie Anderson there last year. And, you know, maybe there's a case to be more bullish on him with Curtis Samuel leaving. But that was up until they drafted Terrace Marshall, who I think is a you know much more viable red zone threat. So I don't his touchdown numbers going up that much. Um, And then, you know, it's a small nitpicky thing, but you're upgrading from Ian Thomas to Dan Arnold, who's a good red zone presence as well. Uh, So I I just don't see a a top 12 wide receiver season for DJ Moore. So he's fine. But, you know, if you can get the upside of a guy like ETN or I'm a big Waddle guy uh, in one QB, he's another guy I would consider there. Um, I, I would take that risk over more personally. Thank both of you guys so much. Like, honestly, I think we can talk trades for hours. Mung and I already do. Russ, it was great having you on here. You know, our first two-time guest. Why don't you tell everybody what you have going on and where they can find you? And, uh, you know, we kind of skipped past that because everybody already knows you. But we're going to let you end with it. Cool. Uh, Well, I am Russ Fisher at Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter. I talk a lot as clearly you guys have heard through through this podcast uh trade addicts pod with my buddy uh, dynasty at dynasty ff addict i hate his handle um rocky petrella i do dynasty game night with john bosch and matt price and rocky kind of stole hosting abilities also which is great because that means i get to play uh both of those are dlf family podcasts so hit up the dlf family podcast stream also, the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, which was mentioned before, uh, you get 
Trade Addicts Pod, Get Real. Oh, I, I was wearing it earlier today. Uh, Get Real uh, with Casey Kasem t-shirt. Uh, uh, Dynasty Junkies, Fantasy Timeline, which is recording right now. So when you're done listening to this, go tune over to the Tap Network YouTube and uh, you can watch the, ju- the timeline uh, as they go live. I'm sure I do more things, but I can't remember what they are right now. So those are the important things. You know, just listen to a podcast and there's a chance I might just be there because, like I said, I talk a lot. Get Real Podcast is fantastic. So I don't know you, good. I was on it last week. So, you know. Yes. Casey, oh, yeah. I just uh, uploaded your uh, episode like yesterday, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was. it's cool because, you know, just the backstory of how Casey and I related and, you know, just how to get. I love it because it's something different. You know, it's not just straight talking fantasy. It's talking a little bit more about life and how everybody gets started. And it was a great time. Um, Mung, I know you were recently on a couple podcasts and you got some things going as well. Why don't you close this out? Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit more about Josh Jacobs and Miles Gaskin, a couple of guys we touched on today, uh, last night on the Dynasty Dorks podcast. You guys can check that out. Um, I'm working on, you know, it's going to take me a little while still, but I'm working on incorporating the rookies into my overall Dynasty rankings. So that'll be up in the coming weeks. Um, and of course, you know, you guys can just tag us on Twitter. We'll talk trades with you on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process. Boom.